It is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting. For this is the end of all mankind, and the living will lay it to heart. Sorrow is better than laughter, for by sadness of face the heart is made glad. The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. Welcome back to the Dominion Podcast, episode number 49. You got it. 49. Can you believe that? Wow. Yeah. One short of the 5-0. That's right. <laughs> Almost a half a century. Mm-hmm. That's what they call it. Welcome back. I am uh, Jeremy Boyd. I'm Alex. And we got a special guest tonight. On camera this time. Wow. I don't know. Is that good or bad? That's great. I think it's great. Wow. Pastor Jason uh, Belgrave, who's my pastor. Last time we had him on, there was a odd malfunction with the camera. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't handle the the manliness in the room, I guess. <laughs> We've upgraded the equipment since if then. If only that was true. There's a, there's a higher threshold for testosterone in these cameras. <laughs> I, I'm just going to jump on that one. That just sounds so good. I'm at the peak. Okay, are we done? Is that it? <laughs> you guys, how do we even know what a man is? I mean, let's be honest. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> how have you guys been doing? How's your week? It's been a week. We, uh, I mean, both Alex and I have mm. funerals that we're doing this week. Um, well, I didn't know you were doing your funeral. Yeah. Is um, it a member of your church? Yeah. So beloved member, John Scott, passed away, oh, passed really? into I'm glory. I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah. Uh, well, that, I mean, that just typifies kind of the way things are, mm. right? I feel often we're just moving so quick. But yeah, John passed into glory this past weekend. Of course, you have Isaac Mills mm-hmm. uh, tomorrow. So yeah, Jeremy, I think that in many ways sets the table for so many mm-hmm. things. But yeah, Alex, I'm sure same for you. Yeah, we had a yeah just a heavy week suffering. Um, Pastor Josh Mills from Trinity and his wife Kayla lost their son Isaac, Nathaniel Spurgeon. And um the funerals tomorrow, and so I've I've just been thinking a lot about suffering and afflictions, and I thought this week we could talk about it, um, especially because the the theme of our podcast, and I think one of the major themes of Scripture is dominion. Um, that is the rule of Christ over His creation and um, the role of humanity as vice regents. Uh, ruling over creation in his name, you know, that we talk about all the time in Genesis 1. And and we know that, you know, through the fall of man, through sin and rebellion, sin and rebellion is essentially a rejection of his rule. It's it's a it's a desire for self-rule, to, to be autonomous. And, um, you know, self-autonomy is like the cardinal virtue today, but this is the root of all sin and wickedness and idolatry. It's a desire to be God, to govern yeah. ourselves. And the story of Scripture is is essentially God um, reordering the world around His reign, and that's that's captured in the theme of the kingdom. And of course, in one sense, the kingdom won't fully um, be manifest until the return of Jesus. You know, and and His reign will be complete, and He will be victorious over the final enemy, death, um, in a, in a in a final way. But um, we know that through the cross, Christ has gained a great victory. We read in Ephesians, um, it says, Ephesians 1.21, that he has been seated far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, above every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the one to come. 
in Hebrews 2.8, that everything has been put in subjection under his feet. Now, putting everything in subjection to him, he left nothing inside his control. So, there's a sense in which, with the ascension of Jesus Christ after his crucifixion and his resurrection, the world was, in a way, reordered around his reign. That he was, he was, um, he was seated above all authority and dominion. And yet, I love how the writer of the Hebrews captures this. At present, we do not yet see everything in subjection to him. So, it's this tension in the Bible. We, we Theologically, we call it inaugurated eschatology, that there's an already and a not yet aspect to these things. So, Christ is ruling and reigning um, from the Father's right hand. And yet, at the same time, not all of the world, obviously, has been brought under in subjection to that rule. And that is not all human beings willingly submit to his reign. They don't confess mm. that Jesus Christ is Lord and his word governs. Um, sin still reigns, or and death reigns through sin in this world. People still die. And so there's this tension that the believer walks with seeking to seeking to live under the lordship of Jesus Christ in this age. And the tension is that while he is ruling and reigning in one sense, um, we still are afflicted, and we still are, we still suffer, and we we still die, and um, we. I think the constant tension theologically is to not under um, value the what Christ has done through his re- through his resurrection and his ascension and his death in, on the cross, but to not overrealize that either. And we've just lived we've we've lived in Canada at this time in history of, in a very prosperous place. Um, life expectancy is the highest it's ever been in the history of the world. And the the standard of living a lot, on many metrics is just higher. That may be changing. And that may be changing and especially <laughs> yeah. for some people and that's not true across the board but just in our particular time and place and I think one of the dangers is that we forget that this world is still cursed, and we can right. be, we can begin to set up expectations for our lives that are just not biblical. Right, and um, it takes something like the death of a child and your son to realize for some people, for for us, to sober us up to say, oh yeah, you know, um, the the wages of sin is death, mm. and and. Uh, we should groan, as Paul says in Romans, longing for the freedom of the sons of God, that the creation would be set free, that this world would be would would enjoy a freedom that it doesn't currently enjoy. Yeah, I think that's good, Alex. I think from the standpoint of the curse mm-hmm. and our forgetfulness of the world we live in, yeah, that is, in a sense, a plague mm-hmm. on those that would call. The Lord's name, you know. I think about uh, we were just talking before we got on Biblical Sexuality Sunday, mm-hmm. Bill C four, a forgetfulness of the war mm-hmm. between the seed, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. between Satan and the seed yeah. and the Christ, a forgetfulness. Was hearing one revered in this province, uh, evangelical pastor, we all know, recently, basically just sweep it aside as if there's nothing to worry about mm-hmm. with these things. Uh, Male-female relationships fundamental with marriage, a forgetfulness of what goes on in the marital relationship mm-hmm. that flows from the curse. Mm-hmm. And instead of a recognition and actively fighting 
for what God has preserved, a giving into it, right? Mm-hmm. A giving into this battle, so laying back with Satan and a giving into this desire to rule over him. Mm-hmm. And as we bring it back to death, I would say the reality that man goes back to dust, right? Yeah. It's part of the curse. Yeah. And if there's anything that's plagued us, mm-hmm. and I think the past two years, man, would you not say, has really pulled us out. Uh, not just a forgetfulness, but an, a prolonged, extensive mm-hmm. um, amnesia mm-hmm. of the highest order that mm-hmm. the death is even part of our equation, mm-hmm. yeah. that we will go back to dust. Yeah. And I think you hit the nail on the head when you talked about us as believers. Um, we're, we're longing for the end. We're longing yeah. for that ultimate victory over death. And we want to live in that now. And so uh, I listened to your sermon uh, from Trinity. It was, mm-hmm. it was really good. And there was something you said uh, kind of hit home just about how we want to uh, we want to just give empty platitudes mm-hmm. or just say, oh, you know, so-and-so's with Jesus now. It's all good. And it's like, well, that's true, but it doesn't minimize the pain and it doesn't minimize the fact that uh, sin is still in the world. Yeah. Yeah. So I yeah. Thought, the groaning. That's that's from Paul's language in Romans eight. He says not only creation is groaning, mm-hmm. longing to be set to 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 have the freedom of the sons of God. And he's talking about um, when Christ returns and he raises our bodies and the fullness of redemption, the adopt and our adoption as sons is brought to completion. That's with the resurrection. He says that all of creation has been subject to futility. And, and it is longing. It's almost pre- creation is personified, um, longing for the restoration that we have. You know, um, what in, in creation, you know, God made the world and then he created us. And in redemption, he creates us and then he's going to remake the world. And, you know, now he's saving us. We've been born again. We are a new creation. But this world still is not. Mm-hmm. And even our bodies are right. wasting away. This is part of the old creation. Yeah. Um, so, there's, there's, so anyways, he says that the response of the redeemed, he says, likewise, um, we groan. And yeah, there's, there's this temptation, in, even amongst Christians, sadly, to think that it's our duty to avoid suffering, and um, even when people go or, through it, yeah. to like get them out of it quickly, yeah, or even to explain it, explain it. Um, I think I just think of the Book of Job and his friends that come to him, and they're like, you know, trying to tell him why they think it's happening, and mm-hmm. you know, they're saying a lot of true things, but they're not hitting the nail on the head as far yeah. as why he's in that situation. Right? And, it, and it's an instinct, guys. We we have to fight. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you've been in a similar boat, mm-hmm. Jeremy. We were saying just the inordinate amount of funerals we've had at mm-hmm. Westmount. In fact, in a year and a half, we've lost five wow. precious saints. Mm-hmm. I mean, since every saint is precious, but you know what I mean, oh, very yeah. committed, involved. And this instinct, guys, I mean, very true in my own heart mm-hmm. to just want to explain, to want mm-hmm. to do these things. Oh, yeah. And sometimes just to fight very hard to say, we need to experience this together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We need to understand what God is doing in us and amongst us in this and and to just sit. You know, you mentioned Job's friends, Jeremy, in the beginning. I mentioned this after Ian passed. That was a, a text I preached right in the mm-hmm. wake of his passing. The one thing they got right is they showed up and said nothing mm-hmm. and yeah. just were with him, mm-hmm. right? And then they launched into explanation after that. And how in our Western modern sensibilities, we have a fix and escape for everything. And then we import that 
into death. Oh, yeah. And it was never designed to be that no. way from God. It's never no. yeah. been the thing at all. Well, the idea of, of lamenting is just a foreign concept for Western people. Mm-hmm. It's it's not something we practice. I mean, increasingly, death takes place in a very private setting. No one actually sees anyone die yeah. anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I was the only one to sit by my grandpa, and mm-hmm. I was one of two people to sit by my dad. And we, it's, it's in these sterile, closed-off buildings. Like, no one actually sees anyone die. Yeah, you don't die in the home and get prepared for burial in the home and have people come and visit in no, the home. And, it, it's yeah. it's none of that. And most, I mean, there's not even an open casket in most cases anymore. And, and, and not to compare the two, but people don't even see like animals die. You know, like we, we buy our meat in the freezer. Like there's no, we can insulate ourselves from the reality of death fairly easily in, in this time and place. And one of the dangers of that is that we don't, we, we don't learn to lament um, the way things are, or as Paul says, to groan. And the danger of that is, well, have we stopped to believe there that way? Because the gospel is only good news for those who are dying and, and who need life. But for those who feel self-sufficient, um, who are not, not really in danger, you know, then what is, what is the value of a Savior? And it is when you kind of reach the bottom of the tether and you go through these afflictions and you are confronted with the fact that the world is not as it should be. And I think when Christians fail to lament, it's almost like we're denying a fundamental part of the gospel that there's something wrong. Mm -hmm. It's like we want to get to the good news, but the the good news is only good news because there's bad news. And, And if you don't want to be honest about that, and it's not just personal sin. It's the effects of that sin everywhere. Yeah. Mm. And we go for the wrong cure, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about affliction, Psalm 119. I mean, three times. This is in just one portion of Psalm 119. Psalm 119, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, mm. but now I keep your word. Verse 71, it is good for me, know that, it is good for me that I was afflicted. Why? That I might learn your statutes. And kind of closes section 75, I know, O Lord, that your rules are righteous and that in faithfulness you have afflicted me. Mm, that's good. Here we see not only the cure, what is God doing in affliction? Yeah, that's good. Well, it would appear very clearly in God's word, what he's doing is it. he keeps us in his word. Yeah. Alex, we've talked a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. sin has... No allure in grief. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're not trifling around these mm-hmm. sinful things. You're, you're turning to the Lord. Mm-hmm. It would seem that there's a learning of the statutes, the ways of God mm-hmm. that he's doing in affliction. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, this is really good, that in faithfulness you have afflicted me, that we know our God more. Mm-hmm. He is mm-hmm. faithful in that affliction. Mm-hmm. I think, Alex, you would testify too, Jeremy. We've seen this at Westmount. God on magnificent display. Yeah. Through grief, in ways I think we still are coming to terms yeah. with how God has been glorified this past year and a half, mm-hmm. which we would not have this majestic view, this elevated, mm-hmm. higher view even mm-hmm. of our God without what we have been mm-hmm. through. Yeah. I've been re listening to uh, the Pilgrim's Progress 
And uh, it just, it just strikes me. Um, and, you know, all the passages in scripture going through the valley of the shadow of death. Or, yeah. Uh, when you go through the deep waters, it will not overwhelm you. There's, there's no promise of not going through the deep water, not going through the valley of shadow of death. Yeah. Right. It's mm. just that I will be with you. Yeah. Mm. Right. And I think that kind of gets at what you're talking about when you say that the world doesn't know how to lament. Mm. And they don't. They don't know how to mourn mm. uh, because it's meaningless. Right. If there's if there's no purpose to it, then it's it's just meaningless suffering. Yeah. And it hurts. Um, but that's the extent of it. You have to and, ignore it. Yeah, you have to ignore it. Um, I was watching a documentary called Roadrunner about a guy named Anthony Bourdain. Do you know who? Mm. Anthony, do you know who Anthony no. Bourdain is? Isn't like a famous chef? He was a famous uh, chef. Uh, he got famous for writing a book and okay. ended up being a TV personality, going touring around. You know, he had this very um, well, rather hedonistic life. Just touring and uh, eating and enjoying himself and reading books about history and all this and uh, a really interesting guy in some ways but uh, he ended up committing suicide yeah and one of his friends was talking about how um, all the best art is made from suffering it comes from suffering and there was I, I thought that I thought of that and I thought there's something kind of true about that but he's missing the point there's only meaning in the suffering um, well, there's, it's only good if, if we find the meaning in the suffering. And you yeah. can't if it's just yeah. a meaningless cosmos. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So there's like a redeeming of it because, like you said, one of the things is God brings us closer to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if, we re, if we respond correctly and um, Well, it's purpose, like him. you're saying. There, there's purpose in a transcendent uh, deity and a transcendent meaning that we have with our Lord, right? Yeah. With God. Mm-hmm. The meaning of all things there is in suffering, and that's when you you know Schaefer always said right you just cut off the foundation yeah. and you try to live out life mm-hmm. without transcendence mm-hmm. without meaning you can't do it so mm-hmm. it, this is a this would be a classic example mm-hmm. of yeah suff- there is no meaning yeah. in suffering There's yeah no and meaning suffering in is the place where you need meaning yeah and you long for meaning you know but it's the question why like we don't ask that question when things are good you know yeah. We don't walk out our door and have a great day at work and Why a great did something marriage. Good and, happen to me. Exactly. Yeah, it's like wait a <laughs> second. Not up in arms about that. Why yeah. did I have an amazing day? Exactly. Now, like, maybe no. we should be asking ourselves that. But yeah, I mean. that's that's a good question. <laughs> yeah, that's a Romans yeah. four question. But it's yeah. like when afflictions are we face. So I wanted to, that was helpful what you said. I, I think maybe a way we could tie this in with the theme of dominion and Christ's rule and and us living under that is that part of the way that God manifests His sovereign power his his absolute rule over all creation is how he orchestrates even afflictions for the good of his people that that's something that is a that is utterly unique to him you know Romans 8 um, he works all things for the good of those um, who love him and are called according to his his purposes right that um, there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God that um, Suffering in the life of the believer, you know, we live in under Christ's rule. I mean, no suffering and no affliction that we face is not under his control. And that that's actually a great, that is a game changer. Because if the suffering you face is random, then it is totally hopeless. Yeah. Uh, and and it, it is, it is, that's almost more painful than whatever affliction it is. It's the fact that there's no meaning 
and there's there it's just totally hopeless um um totally random rather it's the great moment when your illusion of control mm-hmm. is shattered by the sovereignty of god isaiah yeah. 45 7 i form light and create darkness i make well-being and create calamity mm. i'm the lord who does all these things it, it's that moment when you, as a rebel, you put down your arms, you, you say, uncle, you surrender to the fact that God is sovereign over all things, mm-hmm. that he ordains all these things. Mm-hmm. You said, Jeremy, mm-hmm. not just the good, right? We all have these mountaintop moments mm-hmm. and it's how easy it is mm-hmm. to praise and turn to him. But the calamity mm-hmm. that he makes and creates and ordains and mm-hmm. sovereignly orchestrates and decrees for the good of his people mm-hmm. And to embrace what he's doing in that. Mm. And we've seen, I know, brothers, we could spend the rest of the night testifying to things we would not have foreseen Mm. nor imagined. Matters of sanctification, Mm. matters of intimacy. I mean, we can go on because of calamity, Mm. because of suffering. Mm -hmm. Well, I I even, I mean, I've, I've shared before, but when I came into the hospital... I mean, that was that was genuinely the best two weeks of my life, like spiritually speaking. I was the happiest I've ever been. I was the most freed from anxiety and worries about things that typically characterize me. I was the most um, hungry for scripture and, and just focused in prayer. And, you know, you know, when you, you go through those times when you just are hungry to learn, uh, and you're just so happy about it. Like, that's where I was at. And uh, it was a blessed time, but it was out of a season. It was it was out of a time of severe affliction, you know, and face to face with death as a real as a real prospect. Um, and I think the, the another thing that afflictions do is they they create a longing in us. They they prevent us from getting too comfortable with this. They mm. prevent us from thinking this is the end. It's like, oh yeah, I spend all my day thinking about renovations and um, the the cares of life that that Jesus says choke out the word. Mm. And it's not to create this dichotomy between what's spiritual material or something as if this world doesn't matter. It does, and the only obedience is the obedience we offer here and now with our flesh and bones. But um, this world is passing, and and it isn't eternal as it as it presently stands. And part of what suffering does is remind us of that. Mm. You know, it's like all the things you thought were important when you lose a child just don't seem important. Mm-hmm. You know what what's important now? What mm-hmm. ought to be the priority in my life? And in God's mercy, He uses suffering in the life of the believer to sober us up, as it says in Ecclesiastes. Is that what you read? That the the living will take heart. That that's why it's good to go to a funeral, because we're so prone to placing our hope in what we can attain in this world. Uh, what does it profit a man to gain the entire world and, and forfeit his soul? That's exactly what Jesus is talking about, because that is a proclivity of all humans. It's It's just... It's if I gain the world, if I gain the world, if I gain the world, if I live long, if my kids get educated, if we get a cottage, if we pay off the house, if we, you know, have a little vacation, it's it's just all of these things. And it's like, okay, they're not bad things. But if you pursue them at the expense of your soul, what profit is that? Right. And and it's not, it's and suffering is like a like a cold 
you know, being, being dunked like the cowboy movies, like dunked in the horse trough, you know, sobered up. Um, it's like, whoa, what are the priorities in my life? Mm. Yeah. Um, I'm just thinking of how to tie this in with, with the theme of dominion. And, mm-hmm. uh, we, you know, we rightfully are trying to obey the Lord in, uh, in everything we do in being faithful, uh, taking the gospel to the nations, mm-hmm. uh, trying to fulfill the dominion mandate. Uh, so we think in order to do that, I have to have instant success. Uh, I need to see uh, instant results, uh, but that's just not the way God uses it, right? Mm-hmm. It's almost like um, we have to we have to die, and He He makes something come out of that. Mm-hmm. And I just think we've been doing a church bit of church history in our Sunday school class, and so you're reading about people who have been martyred. And you just you see the effect of their life mm. that the that their lives have had after mm. after their martyrdom, and you're like, that's that's why the church grew. I mean, of course, with God uh, sovereignly moving moving the pieces around and all that, but he's using he's using people who are going to their deaths uh, to make that happen. Yeah. And even even the example of Christ, right? I mean, he conquered through a cross. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Yeah. James says, um, count it all joy, brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Mm -hmm. And so not only are we to see that there's meaning and purpose in our suffering and that God is in control, that he is sovereign, he is king over it. But that we ought to even rejoice in it because we know what God is doing in it. That it's just like it's just like exercise. I mean, yeah. you know, some exercise <laughs> is fun when you're playing sports, but other stuff is just a grind. It's not pleasant. It's not fun. It's not enjoyable. But you know that coming out of the other side of it, your body's going to adapt. That's how you. That's how you grow athletically. Hmm. And if there's one thing I know, it's about athletic growth. <laughs> but um, but it's the same thing spiritually. It, it's when we go through the grind, when we go through the afflictions, when we are faced with suffering and we endure in faith that that yeah. creates endurance in us. Mm. I've been riding my bike a lot lately. Good for you. And those big hills, when yeah. you come up to them, I'm thinking we're in Peterborough and there's a lot of hills in Peterborough. So I think, how can I get around this drumlin? Yeah. You know, oh, if I take this road, I can get around. Uh, but then you just go, you know what? I'll just go up the hill. Yeah. And it, it's horrible. Uh, but then the next time it's not quite as horrible. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Every time, you know, it's funny. I was thinking going not to, you know, the X five, how many times have we gone to that over the past mm. two years, but just a great reminder again, at the end of that account, right. When they are on their way, mm. verse 41, right. They've been persecuted. They've suffered. Then they left the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. Yeah. Many things we can talk about to tie into the two years, but a right understanding. Think about Paul, right? Filling up, coming after Christ, filling up in his suffering and in his affliction, right? From Christ himself, giving the marching orders to those that would follow yeah. him. The suffering mandate for those that come. Yes. Do, do, we, do we look at it this way, the way that the apostles did? Do we look at it, like you said to James, is this a joy? Do we understand that? Yes. Do, do we equate... When, when affliction hits us, do we say, yes, this is fulfilling. I am fulfilling the call mm-hmm. of being a Christian on my life. Do we look at it that way? Mm-hmm. Or are we trying to escape? Mm-hmm. Are we trying to go around the hill? What, what are we trying to do versus embracing, 
really, we would say, following Jesus 101. Mm -hmm. This is what he told us. This is what has always been part of the plan. Mm -hmm. But we are certainly looking for the detour, Mm -hmm. the other way around. So we will suffer because the world is still fallen and it won't be completely restored until the return of Jesus Christ. Um, But we we suffer because of of the world, um, the flesh, and the devil. And um, I think a big reason we're told to endure is because there's a million off-ramps we can take when we're suffering that actually are in a a forsaking of faithfulness. Mm. And um, that's especially true when you think about the opposition to the gospel. And, you know, one thing we've been thinking through in the last couple of years and, and recognizing, like, Jesus said, blessed are you when you are reviled and you you um, are persecuted. And it's interesting that public shaming and scorn is one of the primary weapons of the enemy against the church and the afflictions that Christians will face and the, the dangerous places where they will be tested in their faithfulness. Like, it's not actually at gunpoint. That's easy, you know? Like, do you believe in Jesus, yes or no? That's that's actually quite simple. It's the public shaming. Or the, the you know, taking your ability to earn a living or yeah. marginalizing you, uh, mm-hmm. not being able to go see your doctor, as we heard from uh, family we're with right now. You know, the doctor won't see them. And it's, it's those little things, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And they're not little, but they're... You know, we think of it as, like you said, the gun to the head, but mm-hmm. that's rarely the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. Uh, Andrew, our church calls that's just a romantic view mm-hmm. of persecution. Yeah. That, that's what that is. Mm-hmm. And when you hold that out, and not only as the thing, but the only thing, you, you can then see what begins to happen with all these other ways, this mm-hmm. attrition that begins to then happen. Uh, and I again, we talk a lot about these past two years, but you see the slow erosion mm. of uh, what was once a robust, it seems, sensibility of what following Jesus meant in the public square yeah. to almost a complete 180 mm-hmm. of such things. We've seen often what is said in public and then the closed doors. I mean, Alex, we've mm. had a few of those. Mm-hmm. Pastors that say one thing, mm-hmm. almost dare not be quoted, mm-hmm. moving to almost full. Well, the, the next step after, well, I wouldn't tell anyone this, but, you know, I would say this, that, and the other, mm-hmm. publicly saying something different mm-hmm. to full out. What, what's the next step after that's that? That's dangerous. Well, I mean, it's a full your... embrace. Mm-hmm. The next step, as we've seen, is a, well, I have nowhere else to go. Yeah. Because this has been my public yeah. stance, yeah. I must now embrace it. Yeah, I must now embrace it. Yeah, this it. is my position. Yeah, we've yeah. talked about this before. About um, you know, don't think that you're going to be faithful when they come knocking on your door like that if you're mm-hmm. not being faithful every day in the little things. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think most people who think that they would be faithful when they come knocking on your door are probably wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, ourselves included. That's a that's a serious thing, and uh, mm-hmm. I think most people would probably just you know, lie to themselves and get out of it somehow. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I mean, Alex, I don't know if you've had this. We've been talking, someone was asking me the other day about where Westmount is at with that embracing mm-hmm. suffering, for example. And they're talking about, you know, studying martyrs and they're thinking about a lot of Jeremy, what you've been teaching us. And I said, you know, it's been affirming for me past seeing our saints mm-hmm. pass little tests like that, where you see such an aversion in other mm-hmm. jurisdictions. And I want to make this broader. Suffering. Mm-hmm. 
finding out as we have, Jeremy, that some of our saints that have passed, I think of our beloved Rick, he knew he was dying long before he passed. And he embraced that. Mm -hmm. And to see, when we think back now, when we found out that he found out, which was much earlier than Mm. we all knew, not running from that, not Mm. looking to, um, you know, dull the pain, Mm -hmm. living, embracing that, Mm -hmm. praising Jesus. I mean, recognizing that um, there is a life, not just to live, a suffering to embrace Mm -hmm. every day. I mean, you're right, Jeremy. These are things that when you give over the little things, Mm -hmm. when you take your little bits of Tylenol every day to try and, Mm -hmm. you know, get away, figuratively I'm speaking, Mm -hmm. how in the world can you possibly be ready? Yeah. Right? And not only a tsunami. Yeah. When a big wave hits, how can you be ready for that? Well, this is, you're kind of getting at the... um, the distinction we need to make between living and a life. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. Um, what theologian was it? He wrote it in First Things, I think. Um, or maybe it was on his own. Uh, he used to be out at, in Moscow. Peter Lighthart. Peter Lighthart. Oh, yeah. Um, something like we canceled life in order to live. Mm-hmm. And... There's a there's a in a secular materialist world survival is paramount because right. that's all there is. There's no meaning. Exactly. There just is more time. Yeah, that's and exactly as it. long as you've got your bread and your circuses. Yeah. So I mean yeah. that, that it makes sense that we would, in one sense, cancel all, um, you know, religious ceremonies and cancel meeting with people because. In, in their world, you know, you don't need to actually be face-to-face with someone in order to survive. The irony is that that's not even technically true. So, for example, my dad died of dementia. We know that um, dementia patients, when they were isolated, their life expectancy plummeted. Like, their, their physical survival was significantly decreased as you remove things that are central to life yeah. And 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 when you make these weird categories of of bare survival, but we we saw Christians do this. They would say like Andy Stanley came out and said like you know you need to go to a pharmacy, you need to go to a grocery store, you don't need to go to church. And all I'm thinking is the words of Jesus: man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the Father. It's like what a clown! This is like that's like, in the New Testament too. I'm yeah, surprised you didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. And, and in red, yeah, it's in red. It's yeah. in red. <laughs> but it's but it's this materialist view that we reduce life to bare survival. But if you do that in regards to suffering, then the only purpose in the midst of suffering is surviving. Mm. Right. But but to bring it back to what you're saying, is this this Christian man knew that's not the only point. Yeah. The only point isn't extending my life because because even if I extend it, I'm going to die. Exactly. It was the same with Rudy and Peter. Exactly. Uh, two right. other elderly gentlemen. And um unfortunately Rudy was kept away from us. Mm-hmm. But Peter, right to the end, just oh, said, you yeah. know, if I'm gonna go soon, I want to go being with the people of God. And, I, and I, I think I said this before. I mean, it bears repeating the biggest criticism launched against Westmount, mm. right? Was someone died there. Remember? Yeah. And that just reveals, Alex, what you're saying. Yeah. A, a culture that is living to just not die. Yeah. 
you know, and, and you know, C.S. Lewis said, it's man being obliterated is what oh, yeah. it is. It's man turning into beast. Yeah. What you're seeing is the reduction of man mm-hmm. to a survival instinct. Mm-hmm. Man, that, man that's what it chests. is. Well, yeah, and where, exactly. And where exactly. this goes, e- this, this goes evil in another way too, is that it's not as though we actually did keep people alive. Because no. when you get into survival <laughs> exactly. mode, it becomes survival of the fittest yeah, yeah, and the yeah, wealthiest yeah. and the power class, as, as we call it, the Zoom class. Mm. I mean, the people who made the decisions for the last two and a half years to survive and to, because every life matters, slaughtered people. Mm. I mean, cancer patients slaughtered, dementia patients slaughtered, children um, and everyone with COVID, like refusing to give helpful therapies, refusing to educate yeah. doctors, yeah. like they don't actually do, even on their own reductionistic terms, what's necessary for survival for everyone. It's actually survival for certain people. Yeah. And, and that's the dark side of a materialist evolutionary worldview. Like they think this way. And we this is this has come out through history in a variety of ways. You know, the Nazis um like Hitler loved Darwin, you know, and this is where you get the idea of the master race and it's survival of the best and survival of the fittest. And um so so the idea of suffering is 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 like something to be avoided, mm. to be um treated, yeah, to be fixed. But for the Christian, um even though we avail ourselves upon treatments as we can and, and remedies, uh, we even have a better remedy, which is Christ, and which is hope that if this yeah. goes as bad as it possibly could, um, our hope is secure in Him. Mm. That He has, He has, uh, our life is hidden in Him, right? And that we, as He, as He died and and rose to walk in newness of life, so too can we now, and will we fully at the resurrection? And that's a, I mean, that's, that is, that is the key to suffering faithfully. Mm -hmm. And so suffering is not about escaping, it's about enduring Mm -hmm. as a Christian. And a couple maybe practical pastoral notes is you need people for that. And we need the fellowship of believers because in, in our own strength, I mean, this was the hard part about isolation. This is where a lot of people struggle in the hospital. Um, When they get you all alone, it's, it's you kind of, revert to a primitive basic um, level yep. of of your needs become very limited this type of thing but we're we're meant to not just live for ourselves but we're meant to live for other people and we need as the writer of Hebrews says encourage one another daily so long as it's called today and um, we need to without that we become hardened and so I think it's in afflictions that Christians, need to seek help from others and Christians need to go. As Paul says, comfort one another with the comfort you have received and bear one another's burdens. And the Christian community ought to be characterized by um, effective fellow sufferers, not people who simply, how's how's it going good when it's not? Um, It's like Christians shouldn't do that, you know? I'm not saying there's, you know, in every context you can get into everything, but when we gather together, you know, our fellowship should be characterized by honesty, as David's was, right? When I was afflicted, yeah, and and you know, when I went astray, and um, the Psalms are full of David's honest lament to the Lord about his situation. Like it wasn't considered a noble, virtuous thing 
to act like things weren't bad. Mm-hmm. But but our culture, we do that. Mm-hmm. We actually, and, and it's almost like then if something's wrong, like if you get sick, it's like something's wrong. Yeah. And that's the evil thing. Yeah. It comes out with a criticism of your church. It's like someone died as if, it's like good grief. Now I the burden of responsibility is like we won't die, like we won't suffer. But that's where that's where this goes. This goes to like what did you do wrong? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you didn't do something wrong, people wouldn't suffer. Mm. It's like well, that's a that is an insidious Who's ethical this category. man or his parents? Yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. But you know, brothers, I mean, that's part of the catapulting. I know certainly at Westmount, like that was, as you know, Jeremy, a moment for us. And when things kind of hit that moment of where do we go from here and those criticisms came, you know, that many launching points for our churches, but that was one you know, it was about focus at that point. That's the difference. Where is our focus? Mm. What life are we living? And I remember coming to grips with that. And you, you not not just Ian's situation, but Rick's situation to say, these are men that lived, right? Right understanding of risk, whatever. And you know, I almost hate saying that these days. It's just so nonsensical. That's life. Life is living that we can die at any time and we live and we assume personal responsibility and we're not reckless, but we live. We live life. I mean, we all took risks coming here and all of that. But I think it was a launch point to sharpen us. That's the other thing I was going to say very practically about suffering. It sharpens you. Mm-hmm. Think about Alex. We've talked about our ecclesiology. Real, I've never felt more in the beginning. We said this often. My ecclesiology two years ago was awful. Mm. It was awful, mm-hmm. right? And it's sharpened it. This this pressing in. Mm-hmm. I felt uh, never been sharper. Mm-hmm. I mean, I uh, was reading a little plug. I, I almost got to do it. James Coates' book with mm-hmm. Nathan Busnitz, God versus Government. Shout out. I mean, I I got to get that. I, I devoured guys. You got it. I devoured this thing, and I'm like, this is all the stuff I was missing before. And you know, you know what's amazing? That sermon he preached on Romans 13, oh, days before he went to prison. You tell me the spirit. I mean, in that that sense, wasn't just real. Like it is magnificent yeah. stuff. But my point is, we would not have that. Yeah. If it wasn't for affliction. Yeah. Well, I right? think even he would say that. I think even James, like I've, I've heard a lot of you guys say that, that they were refined yeah. theologically and, and, and even practically, like the application of our doctrine, yeah. that it's it's not like we all contradicted everything we thought before, but it's like it was refined, you know? And it's like, well, what, and, and played out further. It's God versus government, right? God versus government. I didn't, yeah. know, I didn't know that was a thing. I got to get that. Oh, now. you've yeah, got to get copy it. in the mail. Is there an audio book? Converse, oh, there's got to be. Yeah, yeah, I think it's Harvest if House. If not, I'll that make one for them. Who's, oh. who's the co-author? Nathan Busnitz. Okay, so what's he's he's big at Grace. Yeah, well, he's he TMS a professor, master. master okay. Yeah, elder. Is he R.C. Sproul's um, uh, biographer? No, so, that's uh, no, Nichols. Nate, Nate Pickowitz. Uh, yeah. R.C. Sproul? Yeah, well, he, Nate, Nate just wrote one. From okay. Sproul. okay, sorry, I got it. Yeah. No, no this good. guy's... Yeah, it's good. Solid. They did it together, and they tell the stories of Grace Life and Grace yeah. Community mm-hmm. Church. But they have those sermons in there. Nate did one uh, when they were going through their deal, right? Famously with the Jesus Lord, uh, with MacArthur. And then James tells his story. But what comes out, like you say, Alex, is they've all testified. Tim Stevens, the same thing. Yeah. Testified, and I think we all would, to 
you know, you're, you're right there. You're, t- you're looking at the tip of the spear, some more than others. Mm-hmm. And you really, you come face to face with what you don't know, with the sharpening you need, right? You're forced to deal with these things now to work through what it means to gather. I remember uh, doing one of the messages I did during that time was a theology of gathering. Yeah. I would have never done that. Yeah. And just come out doing a biblical theology from Genesis to Revelation of gathering. Never. And how much hate mail did you get for that? Oh, good. <laughs> never felt more. I mean, it's just right there. Right down to texts like Jeroboam, the magistrate of the time, commanding mm. them not to worship God's way, right? All the way to Acts 12. You talk about COVID. Talk about the magistrates spearing them. Mm. Well, we certainly wouldn't gather. That's high risk. Mm-hmm. You name yourself Christian, you will die, and that they gather. Man, my point for that is that this is what suffering and affliction have done. Made us better disciples. They've they've matured us in following Jesus. They've we've seen this, the intimacy, the intimacy now, and not just with each other. I mean, we you know, we, we all say this about our church, very close church that we have now, but mm-hmm. our intimacy with Christ, hearing some folks talk about their communion mm-hmm. with Christ. Mm-hmm. Where would that be if we didn't have affliction flood in yeah. to our midst? Mm-hmm. Well, wouldn't and yeah, it just wouldn't be the same. Not at all. And then you, would we not say, man, someone asked me this the other day, um, would you change anything? You know, we've made mistakes, right? We talked mm-hmm. particularly in the beginning. I know mm-hmm. I've been very public saying that first month or two or three months. All under the sovereign hand of God. Mm-hmm. He has been over and abundant in his grace and mercy and how he has grown us and, and been glorified in our midst. Mm-hmm. And look, we will continue to stumble along, I'm sure, mm-hmm. this side of glory. But if we don't embrace suffering and affliction mm-hmm. and buy into the world, and you know, I think about the recent news item of the lady literally doing the made deal in a church. I'm sure you guys heard about that. Mm, like she did the, the deal in church. Well, the assisted suicide. Assisted suicide. Oh, did it in church, celebrated yeah. it in a church. But my point for saying that is yeah. this is now the default. Guys, listen, in the church. Yeah. Pain, pain yeah. alert. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. This is the culture that we're in. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we, if we're not running in the opposite direction with everything, social justice, gender already, we will be in a culture of suffering. Well, we, well, we, yeah, it came up like Josh did share with us as well. That the doctors kept yeah. pressuring. It's like, well, he, he could be in pain. The, the so, child's going to suffer. So you should kill them. It's like, like <laughs> and and even today, someone was commenting online to something I was commenting on and, and they were saying like, well, they essentially, well, the kid could have a horrible life. So you should kill them. Right, like I was speaking of abortion, I'm like, think of what you just said. But it's like, in what world is it acceptable to murder someone because life will be hard? But again, in their world, that that makes perfect sense. It does. And yeah, Christians need to be prepared in this culture of death and this culture that has no value on human life. Yep. That we are willing to endure suffering because of the value of human life, Amen. not as as the antithesis. Amen. And maybe we could close by thinking about. Um, just hope. I mean, Paul says in Romans 8 that the creation itself was subjected in hope. And um, that the the amazing thing about the reign of Christ is that he is pushing all of history in one direction and one end. 
and that is the, the the new heavens and the new earth where there will be no more tears and all the old things are gone mm-hmm. and only the new and we will be raised incorruptible and immortal and the we can't even imagine um it's not even worth comparing paul says our present afflictions to the glory of that time and when you're going through deep painful things and even our listeners right now i know there are people who are just think about um, when you when you are aware of how bad it is, just how good it will be, mm. and that this isn't the way things always will be. It's not the way it should be, and it's not the way it will be. Yeah. And Christians used, to, if you look at our hymns from two hundred years ago back, way more emphasis on the future hope of Christians. Yeah. Whereas modern contemporary Christian music is very imminent, yeah. and it's not. That's that's part of our praise, but it's not a comprehensive view. Um, we ought to groan and long and we ought to read about and talk about and sing about and pray about and remind ourselves constantly um, with the word of God that points to our future hope. We should do a little study sometime. I was thinking about what you're saying. So true about the hymns. A little Fanny Crosby and Chris Tomlin kind of. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who, who, who's cranking out the rich theology? Oh, yeah. The poor blind woman? Yeah. Or the, the rich Christian pop star? We're singing, oh, yeah. a little, we're singing a little Fanny Crosby on Sunday. I'm looking forward to that. Amen to nice. that, brother. Yeah. I was thinking, Alex, what you're saying. I mean, is that not right? You talk about all the roads and Romans. Mm. You, you, authentic, true hope. Uh, the raw ingredients, the Bible mm-hmm. says, is suffering. We rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance Endurance produces character, and character, of course, produces hope. Yeah. That's the road. The road to hope is fueled by suffering, yeah. which produces the character that gives way to the hope. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you're exactly right. And for us to uh, shun it, to escape it, to medicate it, uh, to run from it, mm-hmm. our hope is affected. And is it any wonder not to launch into a whole piece on depression and anxiety mm. and hopelessness, but is it any wonder? Mm-hmm. The more that we turn from those things rather Become than hopeless. embracing the suffering, exactly, exactly. The devil never gives you what he promises. Mm-hmm. You know, we've yeah. said this so many times recently. Oh, you want to be happy? Well, you have to think of the here and now. And yeah, but like you just said, you don't get that by focusing on the here and now. That's no, right. Yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah. Well. That's a good discussion. Um, what are you? Uh, what are you reading? What do you got on the go? Oh well, Sounds I just like finished just... God versus Government. Okay, picked up and just got into Jim Hamilton's new book on typology. Mm. Yeah, yeah, good read. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, a little difference on the end game and conclusions, but man, that stuff's good. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. really good Seeing intertextual stuff. Yeah, yeah, really sweet, sweet yeah, read. Yeah. Highly recommend that one. So just getting into that one right now. Yeah, there's an audiobook version that he reads, which is nice. Oh, he always, reads it. He re- I always like it when the author reads their own stuff. Oh, nice. So I'm about okay. third of the way through. That's okay. pretty interesting. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Sweet. How about you? Yeah, what do you, you read, got anything Alex? new? Um, nothing new. I'm still reading through Lewis. Oh, the Space Trilogy. Yeah, the Space Trilogy. Oh. I go back to... Um, You're an out-of-the-silent planet? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. great, eh? Yeah, it is good. And uh, what do you think of? Um, uh, has, does he has he talked about how uh, he used to view space, like the character used to view space as cold and lifeless and dead? Mm. But after this, he's come to see it as as like just teeming with 
Okay, I haven't, I haven't read no? that yet. No, it's interesting just because of the way he travels to and mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. the planet. He's in space for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's in the second one where, where he he talks about that more. Mm-hmm. I, I always thought that was interesting. By the way, shout out as we're talking about what we're reading. I said this to our group recently, J.C. Riles on sickness. Mm. Uh there may not be anything fine. Oh, I'd love to check huh. that out. Oh, my word. I, and I, I shared it with the group. We've got some ladies, their church kind of turned on to it. Uh, it's just called really, on, suffering, on Suffering? On Sickness. I think on it's sick. called On Sickness or just, Great. it may just be Sickness. Huh. You can Google it comes up. Wow. It's one of those, like the Lewis essays, right? Nice. Uh, oh, it's not a full book. It's just No, a, it's kind of like an essay. Gotcha. Outstanding. I love Outstanding. the Ryle. Oh, the yeah. great bishop, eh? I mean, he... Yeah. Good stuff. The Frank yeah. and Manly J.C. Ryle. Frank and Manly. <laughs> oh, yeah. He what you been, what about you, manly. Brother Jeremy? Yeah. What are you reading? Um, I listening am to? trying to finish The Silmarillion. I'm getting close. Uh, I Like, I got so many on the go right now. Mm. Um, still finishing off the other ones we've been talking about. Yep. Kingdom Through Covenant. Yep. That sort of thing. But uh, I'm just trying to get through Silmarillion. And it sounds like I'm not enjoying it, but I am enjoying it. <laughs> It's just been, I've been reading it for a long time, since Christmas. It's been sort of on my nightstand there. Well, you yeah. have to be enjoying it. There's nothing Tolkien's done that's drudgery, that's for sure. It's it's harder because uh, it's such a long scope of history, mm-hmm. and you just get small snapshots, and there's so many character names and place names. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't keep it them straight. It is dense. It's impossible mm-hmm. to keep them straight, so you kind of just have to go with it and pick up what you pick up. and mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I want to get through that because I've got um, Michael Morales or oh not Morales might not L Michael. Michael Morales yes yeah yeah I've Leviticus got his, um, uh, who shall ascend a, yeah uh, Leviticus on, that's yeah yeah I'm waiting I'm looking forward to get into that so. oh that's good yeah, is that like the good. new studies in biblical theology series or something I have no idea I just loved the the title mm. um, yeah. so. <laughs> yeah gray book there I think it is in that set mm-hmm. it's good yeah. it's really okay, good book. yeah yeah. I want to get the whole set, but it's thousands of dollars. Really? Yeah. Because it's been around for like maybe a couple of decades now. Mm. Carson they're, edited they're it. Adding it. Adding to yeah, it. Yeah, they owe There's so many books in it. Mm. If there's a generous listener who wants to buy the set for me, just you can. <laughs> you can do that. <laughs> right. But what's yes, that, I, what's I that set away. called? <laughs> yeah, New Studies in Biblical Theology. New Studies in Biblical Theology. <laughs> edited by D.A. Carson. So. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, it's good to be with you guys. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's good to be with you, too. Absolutely. We want to we always give a shout out to our sponsors, unofficial official sponsors, Kawartha Classical Christian School. Yeah, we got a uh, movie night coming up. That's right. That's on the 27th, correct? Right. Is that a Friday? Mm. It is a Friday night. Are you going to go to that? Yeah, I don't know. I was actually just about to say uh, two of our elders were there, KCCS, just mm. maybe while we're on air, just shout out, blown away mm. uh, by KCCS. I mean, you know, a lot of us uh, lament, don't we, Jeremy, often just the times we're in, mm. where are those little glimmers? And KCCS was that, just a little mm. glimpse well, of great. the way things should be. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's great. So well done. Yeah. Thanks, brother. Oh, yeah. Excellent. We're stuff. very thankful the Lord's been good to us and it's a happy place for sure. Yeah. yeah. We got our, we're going to do our rollout this week of, uh, we're doing a fundraising campaign. We got a video dropping. It's fantastic. Compliments of JKB Productions. That's right. Shout out for advertising that for them. J is for Jeremy, but it's not this Jeremy. Nope. It's oh, the other Jeremy. Different Jeremy. Jeremy Bundy. Yep. 
from uh, what the church? Same initials. In? Yeah, I know. JB. JB. Wow. What? Uh, what's the name of their church in Welland? There? Rosedale. Rosedale. Shout out to the Rosedale oh. crew. Yeah. Is Sounds that like Bellingham's church? Yeah, that is. Okay. And and we can do um, a plug for the Ezra Institute is having their Mission right. of God conference coming uh, up. May 21st. Yeah. I got to get mm. tickets. I, I don't know if they're sold out yet, but. I don't think so. And, yeah. and I, we, we know, we're kind of, we're in with them. We're, well, yeah. we're, we're Not, hoping to have a barbecue with Ryan afterwards. Yeah. At least. Yeah. yeah. We're in with the assistance. Yeah. I, I've you're heard climbing it on, the ladder. <laughs> I, I have it on, on good authority that there's going to be an upcoming, uh, audio production of Joe Boot's latest book. Nice. Um, yeah. Read by possibly me. Stay I, I tuned. I was going to say, <laughs> the vocal stylings of Jeremy Boyd. That's great. I don't quite sound like Joe Boot, but I'm not bad. <laughs> Who does? Imagine you tried to have an English accent oh, the whole time. It's like, and you send it to them. They're like, what? Why, are is, you doing? why is no one buying the audio book? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, that'd be dear. so good. Awkward. <laughs> Your backslider was good. Yes. That was good. Yeah, backslider was good. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's too bad that never got released. Um, yeah. But no, well, yeah. Could be a Dominion we'll do it, Press. We'll do it with Dominion Press. Buddy. Yeah, it's a Dominion Press. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens. Yeah. But, uh, well, thanks for joining us. We'll be back next week. What do we got planned for next week? Same thing we do every week, Pinky. All right. <laughs> Try and take over the world. <laughs> <laughs> One podcast at a time. Did you get the reference? Did you get that reference? No, I didn't. Yeah, I mean, this is our generation. Pinky in the brain. Oh, Pinky in the brain. Oh dear. I didn't even know you're you were going to throw that out there. As That's if you're good. dropping that on a Dominion podcast. Man, yeah. Oh man. <laughs> From the recesses of my childhood brain. Wow. I can't keep up. I, and not that we want to prolong this anymore. I was just joking with Jeremy. And every time I come into this studio, I mean, I don't, the listeners can't really see. It just enlarges. There's some other piece of equipment. I just feel at some point I won't be able to get in to the studio. <laughs> yeah, next time it'll be a cheese platter and a craft services table in the yeah. corner over here. We'll, right. have a, we'll have a green room across yeah, green the hall that you wait oh, to no come doubt. in. Kick the kids out of the bedroom. <laughs> Use that for a green room. Six foot five guy with the earpiece checking my ID. I, I know them. I know them. I wasn't in here when uh, Jeremy Bundy was set up for the video, but apparently it was like wall to wall and floor to ceiling equipment lights. Mm -hmm. So it was, uh, this is nothing compared to what a, yeah. a real producer would, would do. So. Wow. Yeah. Well, good show. Yeah. There's a great talk. And uh, I just going to leave us with something from, Isaiah 26, you know, we're, mm. we're still in uh, this age, not in the age to come yet, and we still have to deal with death and suffering, but uh, this passage always gives mm. me hope, so I'll leave us with this. Your dead shall live, their bodies shall rise. You who dwell in the dust, awake and sing for joy, for your dew is a dew of light, and the earth will give birth to the dead. We'll see you next time on the Dominion Podcast. Mm.